Welcome, everyone, to the Film Alchemist Podcast. I am Josh Griffey, joined, as always, by my faithful co-host... Alex Dandino. <laughs> Ooh, dramatic effect. Pause. I like it. Well, we have a dramatic, we have a dramatic first show here coming up. Yeah, this is our first movie we're tackling, um, and I would not sail on a dangerously unprepared riverboat <laughs> with any other man than my co-host, Alex Dandino. Oh, God bless um, you, Griff. This is the first show of the first curation, Animals Attack the Pod. Um, we're doing Anaconda, 1997, huge hit. I remember being taken oh. to the theater with my younger brother, dropped off while my mom shopped. Um, so a Hallmark movie for me, one of the first times we ever did that. So great. IMDb ranks Anaconda a 4.7 out of 10. Ridiculously low. Rotten Tomatoes, I believe, is 39%. 39%. Criminal. Um, Criminal. Here is something I just read. The film is listed among the 100 most enjoyably bad movies ever made by the Golden Raspberry Awards and the Razzies. I definitely can't um, disagree with my that. My question to people... What the fuck do you expect from a movie about a giant snake that yeah. eats people on a riverboat? <laughs> I mean, did, is this like the kind of like, do we really need Tarkovsky to make Anaconda? Yeah, Who else is going to into the human movie? experience? Like, come on, guys. Were you really, go, were you really going in going, man, I hope Scorsese's on this one because otherwise we I, are fucked. <laughs> yeah. If I could get more of the emotional development of the snake. Um <laughs> To me, this movie is fun. The kills are good. A lot of fun action. Really shockingly good cast. A lot of them early in their film career. Oh, yeah. Um, and features one of the greatest film performances of all time. One of my favorites. Gigantic Oscar um, snub. Yeah, gigantic Oscar snub. I don't know what else people expected from this. When I go to the movie theater, you have to have expectations, right? If right. I'm seeing a movie show dogs... If I don't literally stuff popcorn down my throat until I choke and die, then that movie has been a success, right? Right. <laughs> Versus Anaconda. I just want to see an Anaconda. I want some good jokes, some good action, and some murders, and I got all of that. That's it. That's all I got. And you got some Ice Cube soundtrack. What else could you want? And you got Ice Cube. Yeah, yeah this so... <laughs> the I, I don't know this. where you want to start. This movie is... I'd like to start... So good. What I'd like to start with, honestly, is the cast. Like, I think the cast for this movie is surprisingly incredible, given the movie and the level it was. Like, it, they got all these great actors very early in, very early on in their career, except for one, which we'll get to. Um, but, like, so it's Jennifer Lopez. That was 1997, so it's, like, right at the beginning of her being, like, Jennifer Lopez. Like, she, I, I don't remember when Selena came out, but that was probably her, like, big... Bang this out. was her uh, transition from Jenny, uh, Jenny from the block. Yeah, she was like just getting done being a fly girl, and she's now like getting into being uh, Jenny uh, Jennifer Lopez. Ice Cube, who obviously had already been in Boys in the Hood, everyone knew he could act, and this is mm -hmm. like his like for I think this might be his first like big action movie. Um, Owen Wilson, who no one knew who was he was at that point. Early Owen Wilson, very yeah. early Owen Wilson. Uh, probably pre, probably right after. I'd say it's probably after. Um, right, probably after Bottle Rocket. Uh, the Poacher from Jumanji. <laughs> yeah, um, I never remember his name, but I was watching it, and my wife's like, "Who is that guy?" I'm like, "You know, the guy from Jumanji." She goes, "Yeah, oh, people yeah. who are new to our thing will know that I have the worst recall of names, right? Ever." I so I was not going to remember. Um, here's something cool. This movie starts off with a very small cold open featuring Danny Trejo. Yes, Danny Machete. Trejo. So what this does is there's literally a, a you know a, a title card right yeah. that gives you all the information the way, on anacondas, how amazing they are at killing. I, I love movies. That absolutely start with love movies like that. that start with that because it's the <laughs> like it's like the quintessential '90s like executive thing is the rough cut comes in and they're like. Listen, I don't know anything about anacondas. Can we put something up front that explains how anacondas work? Because otherwise, I won't know how anacondas. That are. What are audience anacondas? isn't gonna understand anaconda. Yeah, I'm the like, title card has now evolved into like Ellen Page in Inception. <laughs> There's a character that just asks us these questions. I miss the simple words that just set me up for the whole thing. I loved it. Um, so we do that, and then the very first scene is Danny Trejo on a boat. The boat's being savaged. We don't know by what. We can't see. Can't he see. climbs to a mast. And decides he will 
blow his brains out he would rather, rather than face blow his brains the out vengeance than of this creature. Taken by whatever this creature is. So, so the very first thing we see is Machete, Danny Trejo, bona fide movie badass. Also, young taking, Danny Trejo. Very young. Right, very young, right? I don't even know if anyone would have known who he was at this point. Well, taking himself out rather than facing the cruel, harsh death of Anaconda, right? Which they talk about. They break all your bones. They squeeze you apart. Um, brutally describe in and some sometimes other scenes. they eat so you that sets and then them up regurgitate already. you and eat you again. That was that, <laughs> that's in the opening crawl. I was like, I remember I was reading the opening crawl. I'm like, how is this important information for the movie? <laughs> and then you find out, oh, there's going to be a lot of puking in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so right away we are setting up. This anaconda is super badass. Yeah. And then we go we go quite a while without any more snake. I think it's like I stopped the thing. It's 28 minutes maybe. The snake yeah. comes back no, and it, kills a, a puma, right? Squeezes him to death and pops his eyeball out. Yeah, which was cool. Or maybe that's a little earlier and then there's another uh, big snake scene later. But this is one of those things. This movie could have died right there. But to me, the introduction for the cast was really good in this movie. Yeah. And I, that's what helps floats us for those that first act. I had totally forgotten that it's a documentary film crew. Like I thought they were actually just a bunch of scientists, like act, like going up the river trying to learn stuff about the wildlife. And I totally forgot it was a film crew who's literally just trying to find this random, uh, <laughs> like lost society of people. Yeah, and it's uh, and uh, it, so it's Jennifer Lopez's character. It's her first directing gig as a documentarian. Ice Cube's the DP. Um, Eric Stoltz is in this movie. I, I think he's just he's just a producer of some kind. Um, I think he's the uh, the smarmy. I know everything. He's the guy who like makes sure all the information is correct. Right. He's the one with the common sense, and that's why he gets taken out early in the movie because everyone. Because <laughs> uh, literally nothing in this movie makes sense after he goes down. So they got to get that out. They got to get that guy out of the way. Uh, I think the I think the poacher from Jumanji is the money. Because he's like this really stuffy British guy. He's who, the David Attenborough. Yeah, he clearly absolutely hates everything about the jungle, but he's in there. Uh, Kari Werher, which I think I that might be the only person in existence who knows her name uh, besides her. Uh, she, yeah, I was like, who the fuck that is? She plays the production manager, which if you want to know a little bit about oh, me Oh, that's why you know. That's I am know. a production manager, so that's You're like, finally, I'm represented on the screen. Which, by the way, I'll get to that because I do not appreciate her representation of our community. <laughs> And then Owen Wilson is the sound guy. And I thought the, the like, funny-ass sound guy. The hilarious sound guy who's kind of dumb and doesn't really think about much, which I've not met many sound guys like that, I'll have to say. It's it's very John Hughes on a boat. Like, they That's, go straight for the archetypes. They cover all the different kind of characters. Definitely for the first um, 20 minutes. Yeah, and it's just fun. They have, they have good interactions. I enjoy it a lot, right? Yeah. There are some really funny moments. Like, I love when... Uh, <laughs> When Ice Cube's literally about to... Mur I'm going to stop saying literally. I'm literally not going to say that. <laughs> the show. Uh, but yeah, Ice Cube's about to murder with a knife the talent because yeah. he wants to turn down his music. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I've been on some film sets and I've seen shit go south, but that would maybe be the worst of so, what's uh, interesting? that I ever would have seen. I think what's interesting about a movie called Anaconda is that an Anaconda arriving is actually not the inciting incident of the movie. The inciting right. incident of the movie is the discovery of a young of a of an older man stuck on his boat during a rainstorm a different the, snake in the grass by a name by the name of Paul Seron <laughs> Paul Seron Seron which He's all right baby bird don't look at me <laughs> which that okay, is which, okay stop shut down the whole pod this Hang is on. where we do the John Voight gave the best performance in movie history in this yes. Anaconda movie and is criminally underappreciated Paul Seron a character who is known to be from Paraguay is played by John Voight. And John <laughs> the Voight. The whitest motherfucker who's ever lived. And John Voight gives the greatest performance of any white guy pretending to be a Latin American person in a, in a movie ever. <laughs> I He has so many lines in this movie that just fucking kill me, right? Don't worry, baby. So always calling the production Ray. I don't know, baby bird. I don't know, baby Don't bird. look at me. I didn't eat no one. And he always is doing this like. Hey, maybe we should do this. I know. I mean, I just know everything, but I don't know. He always he always says something and then goes, but I don't know. But I don't know. <laughs> if I remember right. But I don't know. But it's so he there's just something that happens occasionally with certain actors where he's just putting something off, right? Right. 
and you feel it in your living room. Like he is just exuding this kind of, kind of creep factor. I was, I was, <laughs> I was watching it. I was watching it in bed uh, the other night, and my wife is like, my wife's asleep, and she hears John Voight start, and she actually said. She's not looking at the screen. She goes, who the fuck is that? And I'm like, it's John Voight. And she shot up out of bed and like grabbed her glasses to watch the rest of the movie with me. She's like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> that's the level of gravitas that John Voight brings to Paul Sedan. Like, well, it's so funny because we meet him, right? And he's doing this crazy accent. He kind of gives a look to, oh, God, what's the guy who drives the boat's name? Mateo. Mateo. So him and Mateo share a glance. You're like, I know something's a little something's off. Something's up. Right. And then Saran, the very next scene we see him, I believe he's just murdering giant fish with a spear. He's like out in the river on a tree, murdering fish with spears and brings him on. He he gives the kind of thing where we get a lot of information about him very quick from. Yeah. He's a hardcore guy. He's obviously shady. He thinks he is the coolest guy ever. Right. <laughs> and and there's. I get at the end of the movie where Owen Wilson caves and is like, I just want to throw in with this guy. Yeah. Like when shit hits the fan, because Owen Wilson becomes all of us. <laughs> all yeah. of us soft white guys yeah. were like, if shit hits the fan, I'm definitely going with the face scar and ponytail guy. Yeah. Owen Wilson's He's got the 800 pockets on his pants and Doc Martin boots. Like, I want to be where that guy is <laughs> when all the shit goes down. <laughs> But yeah, so so Saran essentially hijacks, not re- not physically. This is, this takes a while. So he joins the crew, right? Right. And him and Eric Stoltz, Stoltz are doing the dick measuring contest, right? Right. This is the classic. Uh, I've done it in real life. You read about it in a book debate: brains versus brawn, right? Right. Uh, Eric Stoltz doesn't have any dirt under his fingernails, type of thing. So they start bickering about which way to go. Saran is trying to lead them one way. Eric Stoltz is saying another. Next thing you know, the ship gets caught. And this is where perhaps the craziest villain plan of all time comes into effect. <laughs> okay. So Eric Stoltz trying to prove that he is tough, right? Maybe trying to uh, still show J-Lo that he's he's the right suitor. Right. He's like, I'll get in the water. Now, he- somehow when he's putting on his suit and he before he puts the, the air apparatus in his mouth, Paul Serone... Manages to get a very rare wasp, which we never see how he catches it, where it came from. Does he just carry that in one of his many cargo pockets? <laughs> Puts a wasp in Eric Stoltz's breathing apparatus so that when Stoltz goes under to free the ship, he starts... Yeah. So he breathes in a wasp and starts like seizing. <laughs> yeah, he sounds <laughs> he sounds like an underwater like Chris Farley having a peanut allergy. <laughs> <laughs> right? And he comes up. They have to swim out and get him. And Paul Saran <laughs> has like one of the great lines of the movie. The river can kill you in a thousand ways. Right? <laughs> you know, just constantly trying to let them know how gangster he is for surviving. Right. Uh, but this is this gets me to the plan, right? So the plan of Saran, he wants to trap the snake. That's the goal, right? Right. We find out later that he was in cahoots with Danny Trejo and Mateo. So Trejo, Mateo, and Voight, these are the guys. Trejo took a ship out. The ship is wrecked. Right. Where were they? I don't know. Voight gets another ship, wrecks it, just so that Mateo can bring another ship to pick him up. <laughs> and then instead of taking the ship over by force and going where they want, they put a wasp in Eric Stoltz's air apparatus to continue this ruse that they're the good guys. <laughs> Why, I don't know. Because the whole crew seems to be fighting him every step of right. the way. Wait, did next, you... Gl- next did thing you- we see, we get to the snake wall, right? Hang on. Did you glaze over the fact that uh, Paul Cerrone performed a tracheotomy in the Amazon? I'm sorry. Oh, my you- God. I forgot about sorry, that. I, sorry. I was worried you were going to glaze over the fact that Paul Cerrone gave the- Derek Stoltz a tracheotomy in the Amazon. What I love about that scene is it seems to just be added so that we'll be like, oh, gross. Why does he save Eric Stoltz? I have no idea. Never explain. Why do you put the wasp in the throat just to stab him with the pen? Yeah. Because like, this I'm, is the thing, right? You could say that that's his chance. That's Theron's chance to win over the affection of everyone. But after he saves Eric Stoltz, they all kind of look at him like he's an even bigger piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's his fault. I don't know if that's the plan's fault. But they're kind of like, look at this asshole over here saving our friend. <laughs> oh, my God. I fucking love this movie so much. That's right. like my favorite part. So I'm like, why so is then he I doing don't, the guy wait, wait, I can't remember. Yeah, 
So he already undoes the first step of his most convoluted plan ever. Um, do we get to the boat next? Do we get to Mateo's boat or do we get to... We get to the wall. Tre- Trejo's boat is before the wall, right? No, Trejo's boat's after the wall because he has to convince him to right. break through the wall Because this is the thing. Then he gets him to go the way he wants, right? right? And then a wall shows up. And this is where J-Lo starts to... The feelers are up, right? Why yeah. do you say you know everything? You don't know this wall is here. And to me, I'm like, who the fuck built this? <laughs> like, Paul Cerrone is such a great guy. They're like, we got it. We got to build a river wall. We can't yeah. have this cargo short guy coming back. We can't have, we can't have everyone come back here. Sorry. We just can't do yeah. it. And not only did they build a wall, but then they filled it with snakes so that when they blow it up, the snakes fly everywhere. And this is another classic Cerrone, right? Holding, this is just a baby snake. Hey, say hello to your mother. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the best. A real like, creep. All the snakes are on the plane, uh, and all the snakes are on the boat, and he's like throwing. I was like, "Say bye to baby mom. Say hello to your mother. Say hello to your mother." And then like, <laughs> like every like he just keeps doing it, and I'm like, "Who was just letting John Boyd just go insane?" This is a brilliant. That's brilliant filmmaking, though, because immediately they're trading on a character that every one of us knows, which is that one fucking douchebag in college who right. had a pet snake. And couldn't wait to start a party just so he could bring the snake out and repulse people. Right. No one on earth who has a snake as a pet is an okay and normal person. Right. It can't give you love. It can't cuddle with you. All it does is it's a chance for you to murder small animals not by your own hand. Creeps. Only (laughs) creeps have pets as snakes. Right. So immediately we've learned... That's good visual storytelling. We immediately have learned a lot about Paul Cerrone, thinking back to our own days. (laughs) Like, oh, God, that's the guy who has this pet snake and goes to the the weird knife store in the mall too much. I don't like this guy. I don't like him. Right. (laughs) So then we're through the wall. Things are still weird, right? But they need uh, fuel because the explosion knocks some fuel off. So then they find Danny Trejo's boat, which used to be John Voight's boat. And this is another one of those moments in the movie that – his plan is a bit convoluted. <laughs> Does he not have another spear gun? Well, the other thing is, why would you bring someone who could so eat? Like, he, so they bring Ice Cube on the boat to like retrieve supplies or whatever, and right. like those, like he has like also articles about himself, like plastered <laughs> on the walls. Yeah, he has a hey, we're terrible, bad criminals. We're pieces <laughs> of shit. We're pieces of shit. Criminals by, do you that, know, though. They keep their own wanted posters. Yeah, like I'm like it's notoriety. No, I've never seen a movie where someone keeps their own wanted poster. It's like yes. unless it's like that happened all the time in prohibition movies, uh, that's right? True. Like okay. they all they all want their little flyer. It makes them feel like they're famous. But either way, you'd think Paul Sadon would be a lot smarter than that. But well, this is the other thing. It doesn't matter that they bring Ice Cube because you think a guy like Paul Sadon with that many pockets, that boots, face scars, ponytail is afraid of any other man. No, never. He barely fears Mother Nature herself. Right. Barely. He has like barely. this weird sick fantasy. There's this weird sick sexual thing with like Mother Nature. That's the big deal. <laughs> he has a lot of weird sexual things. Uh, one of the weirdest scenes in the movie is when J-Lo's like, I better seduce this guy. After they oh, take the boat yeah. by force, right? Owen Wilson's now joined him, right? Every white guy in the audience is like, I would join him too. This is scary. Wait. And We've then right, the right before now. that the though, snake, he tells The snake Westridge. comes out and murders. Right before that, he tells the Jumanji guy, he goes, Westridge, take my, take my gear up to, up to the... And he's like, I'm not your bloody poodle. And it's this and whole like... bitch slaps the shit. <laughs> it's like this last moment of a standoff and he bitch slaps the shit out of him. I'm like... Yeah, they're they're very like gentle slaps, but hard enough to be like, you're not manly enough right. for like, this river. <laughs> I, was, I had totally forgotten about that scene. I'm like, God, this movie is incredible on so many levels. No, but this scene, the next scene, this is like the anatomy of hilariously awesome movie scene. Right. So J-Lo comes in, right? The boat's just been under attack. It's time for her to use the last tool available to her, right? Because she's actually a scientist in this movie. They didn't cast her no, she's as a do- like the very do- the very hot fly girl. Like she's a serious. She's a serious you know, documentarian. A serious she's professional a lady. Yeah. So she goes in, and she's like, it's time to throw it at Saran. Like, I'm just so scared. He's like, you'll want protection? Is that what you want? <laughs> and uh, she starts trying to seduce him, right? right? Next thing you know, there's a makeout, and he sees uh, Ice Cube coming in, right? Right. A fight ensues. This is one of my favorite moments in the scene. To just It totally solidifies the weirdness of this guy, right? The guy who shops at the mall knife store. The guy who has pet snakes. The guy with too many pockets ponytail but then this moment is the seal so he fights off ice cube knocks him loose he says something like it's 
going to take more than that to trick me. Grabs J-Lo again and kisses her again. Kisses <laughs> so her after one the, more after time. After the ruse is up, right, and the mutiny is afoot, he's like, I'm actually going to go back in for one more kiss. And what I don't know, what we can't suss out from the scene, is if he's ever fooled, right? Right. If he's actually attracted to J-Lo at all, or if Paul Cerrone is the kind of guy who nuts just to the thoughts of how cool he is. <laughs> Because no no person like that, right? No. Has any thought in their mind. If you own a pet snake, if you go to the mall and life store all the time, if you're doing the things that Paul Cerrone does, no one in your mind could ever be an equal or valid sexual mate. Right? Right. You're constantly just imagining fucking yourself all the time. <laughs> Those kind of people can't think of the rest of us. Their whole life is a clever house of cards to make the rest of us envy them. <laughs> I also think, so once we get through all this, like you figure out Paul Cerrone's whole thing was he set up, he set up Mateo to take these idiots down the river and then he was going to like jump on and take over so we're he could st- go back We're out. still in the plan. We're still in the plan though. We are? Why? So yeah. So his boat, which for some reason they're not on, gets wrecked. Right. He gets another boat, wrecks his second boat. So Mateo can bring the third boat. Right. So they can do the wasp. So that then they can go blow up a wall, which seems not part of the plan. Right. Right. So then they can just go get a net and a, you know, crossbow tranquilizer dart, which seems like it would be fairly easy to get anywhere for this kind of poacher. But uh, to then try to just take the boat by force anyways. Right. So then the seduction scene happens and that's when uh, Jumanji guy knocks Sarone out. Yes, with a golf club. Beats with a, his with ass. a golf club, which he's been bitching about not being able to golf the entire time, even though he's been golfing, like setting up the mosquito nets and shit. Whatever. So he does that. You know what? That's one of those things in the movie that drives me insane, but it tells you a lot about his character. Right. I mean, they do Golf it. balls are fucking expensive. You're like, how many golf balls did you have in your luggage? So if he's presumably doing this like three hours a day. Right. I mean, that's hundreds of golf balls. I mean, and he's my, just wasting him. He's such a rich pre- piece of shit. My other thing is, it's just such a like classic. Like, uh, what do we do with this British guy? Let's just make him real stuffy <laughs> and weird. Like that's like uh, what, classical music, white button-up shirts, <laughs> and hitting golf balls that are expensive out into nature that doesn't want them. He's just ejecting himself all across this lovely landscape. <laughs> uh, he doesn't like the African Americans' music. What a terrible guy. We learn everything about him real quick. Yeah. This movie does a great job of that, though. Constant visuals. Like, there's the great uh, Owen Wilson scene, right? We forgot about one of the funniest scenes, which is where Paul Cerrone kills the wild boar. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But these people are in the jungle. Yeah. Right? And their theory is, let's get off the boat to go fuck. Yeah, it's... In uh, the jungle at night. It's Owen Wilson and Kari Werher, like, going out into the jungle. Which you're just like, this is this has got to be where they die, right? <laughs> like my, I hadn't seen it in a while, and I knew because I had seen it when I was a kid. But I was like, this is, I don't remember. Is this where they die? This has got to be where these idiots die. There's no way they survive trying to fuck in the Amazon, and uh, you know, nothing terrible happens to them. So see, that's that's an inversion of the trope, right? We assume is. immediately that those two are now going to get killed by the anaconda, but what we see is we see a new monster emerge. This is John Voight just one-shotting a wild boar. Right. Right? So it's it's a fun little <laughs> inversion. And that also is where Owen Wilson now is going to become the uh, devotee. Right. Um, <laughs> there's a great line when they find the Trejo ship, right, where Mateo gets eaten. Right. And they don't know it. And they're waiting. He's like, ah, we should just go. They're like, we can't leave Mateo. We can't leave someone behind. And they just wait for an insane amount of time. Right? And this is when John Voight's like, don't make me the monster. I didn't eat I didn't Mateo, eat baby tail. bird. I didn't eat Mateo, baby bird. <laughs> <laughs> so his co-conspirator is just like, fuck that guy. And uh, But then this is one of my favorite things in the movie, right? So he const- he immediately sees the production manager, the, the lady version of Alex Dandino. Thank you. And he gives her the name baby bird. Baby bird. And once he gets betrayed right the mutiny's afoot he's betrayed and he's tied to a post and they're gonna just uh get eric stoltz to the hospital and not worry about whatever crazy side mission he's on i don't i think it's announced already that um the snake is out there right yeah because they find the doesn't he unfurl oh, the snake he, comes in yeah the snake comes into the kitchen area oh i thought that he unfurl doesn't he unfurl the snake skin 
Yes. Has, so at one point he has a giant snake skin, but that's early on in his thing. This is uh, okay. they've already seen at night. They've seen the giant. Oh that's yeah, where he they tells saw the golf already, bag yeah. guy. Put the light on it because uh, he's fishing for it. Right. Right. Um. So now we have another scene where they have to use a rig to get the the boat uh, boat loose. Right. So they're going into Anaconda territory. Oh, and at uh, this point, <laughs> Owen Wilson's been eaten by the anaconda. Yes, one of the great shots in the movie is the anaconda <laughs> Owen, swimming in Owen, Owen Wilson's, Wilson's face. face. Oh. <laughs> the, the belly skeleton of yeah. Owen Wilson. Oh, God, I love wow. that. Wow. Oh. Just as it swims underwater. Wow. Uh, yeah, amazing. Um, but yeah, so this is where <laughs> John Boyd tricks Baby Bird in because she's, she's going to kill him now. She's going to get revenge for Owen Wilson. Right. He jumps up, leg oh, locks God, her yes. ass, the kills her, steals the knife, gets out, and throws her ass in the river. Right? Pure magic. But right so he's been he setting got- her up. He knew already that this is the weak one. Right? right. This is the baby bird he's throwing to the snake. <laughs> right. Yeah, I love that. I love that little foreshadowing of he senses the weakness. I love, though, his line to her was the best. He's like, never look in eyes of those things you kill. They'll haunt you forever. I know. And then he, like, <laughs> straight up murders her. Like He suffocate. definitely has all the best lines in the movie. Yeah. So he, like, like, Ice Cube, they try to give some, like, good punches to, but it's all John Voight. It's all John Voight. This is a John Voight movie. But he, like, strangles her to death and then throws her in the water. Like, and she makes a sizable splash, and they all collectively look behind them while they're, like, trying to dislodge the, uh, the boat. They all look behind, like, hmm, must be nothing. I'm like, there's an anaconda in the water and a murdering psychopath on your uh, boat, but... That giant splash means nothing to you, huh? Cool. Yeah. Right. Well, there there is a thing with the snake in the movie where you start to wonder, because this snake obviously is not just a hungry predator. No. Um, apparently, it doesn't feel like they've wronged him much, except for the first time Saron tries to catch him, and he gets out. Maybe that's his, his motive for vengeance, but he's kind of already attacking them before that. But then there's this whole lost plot, right, of there's the... The village that worships these things as gods right. and obviously built the wall to keep them out and filled with snakes. So this thing almost becomes a, a Mothra-like, you know, creature of worship oh, that's that is sent out yeah. to defend the village, right? Which we just totally breeze past because we start getting into monster shenanigans. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought the snake in this movie was a great movie monster, right? Uh, the Owen Wilson belly shot is great. Uh, that's the other thing it does that doesn't make it like a normal predator is it doesn't eat and digest its food. Right. Uh, everyone it eats eventually gets spit up again. I, I <laughs> so love it. So it can just eat more. But yeah, like one of the best scenes in the movie is um, where the British guy who's now cool, like him and Ice Cube bond over the boat being like a Cadillac. Oh, yeah. And he puts on a uh, he puts on a like a do rag. Yes. Yes. But uh, as he's escaping, right, he's like, fuck, the snake's by me. He jumps off the waterfall. Oh, that is the And the snake coolest. whips down and catches him. Oh, my God. That is one of those scenes you're like, yeah, all that. All of that. The snake goes down, catches him on the face, and starts eating him like that is the greatest thing I've Oh, my God. I forgot it caught him by the face. Just, this is what I mean. When you go gick. to a movie like Anaconda, that's what you're paying to see, and that's what this movie gives you. Right. An all-time great John Voight performance and snake murders. What else do you want from this movie? How the, is this a 4.7? By the way, the last thing we get to see of John Voight, and this is really important because it, it sums up the character entirely. <laughs> John Voight gets eaten by the anaconda, surprisingly. Oh, I know. We all thought he was going to make it out of the movie. Oh, my God. By the way, one of the best shots in the whole movie is they put the ga- the camera inside the gold. Oh, yeah. Anaconda vision. As it starts to slide down oh, over so Saron as he's going into the guts. Oh, I love that. So part. the snake regurgitates Sarone like right in front of Jennifer Lopez. He comes back up and looks at her and winks. It's the best <laughs> ending of a villain ever, right? He gets eaten by the snake. It spits him out and wink. wink. After it's already like mutilated him, broken his face. Yeah. He comes back with a fucking wink, wink. right? Just that devil may care. I'm the guy with all the shorts on my or pockets on my pants. <laughs> I'm the one with the ponytail. I'm the one who has throwing stars in my car to impress girls. Oh, God. He's just... <laughs> it's, it's the perfect ending for him. He was the Here's best. Here's something I noticed that I don't know your thoughts on. Is that the same snake in the last shot? Because J-Lo shoots one in the face. I don't think it is. So this I is thought... what I'm talking about. It's an unnatural, godlike protector. 
Do you think the snakes take turns when it's their time? They're like imbued with the power of the anaconda? <laughs> like it's the Black Panther? No, I think it's actually... Yeah. Well, I like mean, Mothra she, does that, right? When Mothra is about to die, it can infuse itself, and a new Mothra egg comes out. I actually think and one this or gets two over, new Mothra. I larvae. think this gets overlooked in the movie, though. Is like so they have one. So the one uh, snake skin that John Voight has, you presume, is the the anaconda that you first meet. So then she shoots that anaconda in the face, and let's presume it dies. Then later on, uh, Ice Cube finds another snake skin, which is why I think it's a different anaconda entirely. There could be a whole breed of these super giant snakes. Right. As we found in the sequel follow-up, Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid. The Blood Orchid? Just so yeah. you guys know. <laughs> Snake if you, orgy! If you're, really enjoying your, if you're really enjoying your Anaconda movies, you should definitely dig further. <laughs> I like that one as well. Um, but yeah, like this movie to me is quintessential. See, yeah, I like, I like the J-Lo kills the snake and there's more snakes. This is something I think about, right? The very end of that movie is they're floating away and they see all the people of the mist, right? The village of the mist. Right. They don't look happy to see them. No. They might have warrior snakes right there ready to fucking kill those people. I like to think they did not make it out. Yeah. I like to think that they literally just like point and the warrior snakes come and uh, finish all of them off. Except Ice Cube who gets to go home. Ice Cube's the only one who gets to survive. That's right. Ice Cube should survive. Ice Cube should survive because he even has a line. I mean... Man, they threw it to him hard, and I loved it. It was when, at the very beginning of the movie, when they're like, How'd it go? How's it going, Ice Cube? He goes, Today was a good day. I'm like, Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought that was fun. That was fun. It's a little, it's a little inside baseball. A little Let's inside you know baseball, just in, in case you like hip hop music, everyone. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. The ending kind of devolves into just basic monster chase, like universal action show. Right. But I fucking love that ending for John Voight. The wink is an all time great. Oh, yeah. The Anaconda has good kills. Now we can pontificate that maybe there's a whole godlike magic ritual that creates the Anaconda protector. Interesting. Um, it's, it's one of those movies that just lends itself to that kind of fun stuff. And it never tries to be anything unnecessary. Right. It's, I think a lot of movies like Anaconda try to also have their foot in, oh, but we're serious fair as well. Right. This is a well-made, streamlined movie that does everything it needs and doesn't get in its own way. It's not trying to do anything more for itself than be a monster movie with animals. That's it. Yeah. And I love well, there, it. There's, yeah, there's a whole concept, right, of movies. I read a lot from different writers about what it is that makes the great movies, this and that. And they're like, most people don't, remember entire movies or stories or character motivations. Right. They remember the moments, right? What's the moment? And to me, Anaconda is loaded with memorable moments. Absolutely. The the winking Paul Saran, I have never forgotten in my whole life. Oh no. The catch the catching the guy off the waterfall. The Owen Wilson snake belly. Like yeah. I remember those scenes. They're they're really good funny scenes. They always stick with you. And then when you go back and rewatch, I think the interplay between the characters is very fun. Oh, yeah, it's great. Um, a lot of good performances in this movie, man. Uh, we actually were so on it, we decided we would take a look at who uh, robbed John who Voight robbed of his John Voight best of supporting Oscar. actor so Oscar. Yeah, I thought it was the year before, which was Cuba Gooding Jr. from Jerry Maguire. That's not even a contest. Yeah, no. That's not even a contest. Paul Cerrone would choke that character out with his ponytail. Paul Cerrone would wrap his ponytail around Rod Tedwell's neck and say, show me, (laughs) show show me the money. Show me the money. That is just a not even contest. Sadly, the year that I was supposed to be looking up was the year Robin Williams won for Goodwill Hunting, which is a hell of a performance. But I'll ask you this. How many people did Robin Williams' character kill with the leg lock? (laughs) You think Robin Williams' character? He couldn't even win over Goodwill Hunting, let alone Owen Wilson. I don't know what you're talking about, Spot. How could you say that? (laughs) Did Robin Williams-Wilson have to do um, culture study and accent work? (laughs) I don't remember that part. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's not from Boston, so technically he might have. He definitely had to do do accent work. Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting is one of the great performances. So let's say maybe it's a tie. Maybe it's a tie with Paul Sorrell. Tie tie with Paul Sorrell. Anthony Hopkins and Amistad. No. Okay, you're playing a racist colonizer. <laughs> <laughs> Off. Okay, John Voight, definitely better than that. This is the one that shocked me. Robert Forrester from Jackie Brown. I can't believe. 
I honestly he essentially sits there as kind of a a flat faced old man who doesn't quite know what's going on. And the only real emotion you get is when he kind of licks his old dry lips like, hmm, I might be having some big black titties smack around my face. That's the whole performance. Half the movie is just him like, man, I'm going to go to the movies by myself. <laughs> In a movie full of very fine little performances, Robert Forrester didn't even register for me. No. Had I not just rewatched Jackie Brown recently, I don't even know that I would remember him. So Robert Forrester... While a great actor with a great body of work, definitely out. Greg Kinnear. John Voight, a million times better. Greg Kinnear, as good as it gets, fine performance. But. Uh, John Voight, better, but a fine performance. Um, and then Burt Reynolds in Boogie Night, it's a great performance. It is. But he does so much less than Paul Cerrone. All he does is walk around and smoke cigarettes and say, oh, hey, what's up, guys? Let's make Paul. Yeah, no, he seemingly in that movie, Burt Reynolds just walks around smoking cigarettes and being a dick. Yeah. Which, if you've ever read anything about Burt yeah, Reynolds, seems sure, to be I'm, every I'm day of his I'm almost positive Burt Reynolds did exactly what Burt Reynolds does in his life daily. So, <laughs> Can you just be an old, rich guy who hates young people coming up? And <laughs> not a lot. Of, uh, yeah, not we a need lot of uh, less bandit, either. more smoky. You know what I mean? Please. <laughs> no, but that's what I mean. Do any of those characters, right? Any of those performances have one moment as iconic as the wink? Only Robin Williams does, and it's the, you don't love anyone. You ever held your friend guts in on the battlefield? No. Like, that's an iconic moment, (laughs) right? right? Or when he chokes Goodwill Hunting. Did you ever talk about my wife? Uh, That's a good one. I'd say Robin and John Voight tied. It's a toss-up. It's a clean toss-up for me. If I had to be a voter for the Academy. (laughs) But I would say John Voight's character is better than all of those. The performance is better to me and is more memorable then every name me one line from any of those other characters in those other movies. You can't. If I ask you Paul Saran lines, you probably could pull one. I can, you could definitely pull the wink. You can definitely pull Robin Williams quotes. Yes. In a movie with a giant snake, he is the biggest monster on screen. He drives the whole movie and it works. God bless it. It works. You know what's sad is it did not get nominated for best visual effects, especially for that Owen <laughs> Owen Wilson Owen Wilson wow death shot in the snake's stomach. Wow, the snake belly. Snake yeah, belly. um, wow. You know, here's something funny I read is that every second of snake CGI cost a hundred thousand dollars. I read that too. That is insane. And now I have to go. This must back have been the very early days. I now have CG. to go back and find out because also, so this is ninety six or is this is ninety seven. So ninety seven. Uh, that means it's been at least uh, five years since the first Jurassic Park movie came out. So that's how far we've they had gotten with the CGI effects at that point. So there's really no excuse for the snake. No excuse for the snake. <laughs> but I, I like that they also mixed in animatronic snake. I did. I really liked the animatronic snake. I liked. I, I also read that that animatronic snake apparently like they like lost complete control of it, and some of that footage is in the movie, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, I think there, there's a lot of water. Like, the water kept fucking the snakes up. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure uh, it's the, the same the jar situation. The same yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I don't... At the end of the day, I just... I think this is a... It's obviously a creature feature. Right. Right? It it has classic B plot, right? This this movie plays a lot like Creature from the Black Lagoon, right? It's a, it's a boat ride into the unknown and dangerous territory where nature is going to fight back. Uh, I don't presume to understand at all what john voight's plan or mission was for this movie <laughs> I think- like i don't believe he was just out there with his boat and actually wrecked it and then mateo happened by like why the setup why the wasting of a whole other good boat yeah my question i is, don't understand at all <laughs> I, I was curious if he had been out there the entire time since danny trejo got murdered but it looks like a sizable boat. It's not like he's on like a lifeboat, right? right? If maybe, I remember right, maybe he just went out ahead. Maybe he had it planned with Mateo. Either way, never really. Yeah, explained. and this is my other thing. Like, if I was gonna hijack a ship, why would you want a bunch of wimpy pussy film people on your ship? Yeah, why wouldn't you like get uh like the guys who are loggers? You know, I would I would get a boat. Yeah, right? I'd get a boat. Get some of- guys that have some beer guts and huge forearms so they <laughs> could wrestle snakes with you. I'd get a boat. But that's the thing. A guy like Paul Saran, the cargo shorts king, not Lincoln he can't it. have other manly men around. Yeah, I was gonna He's say he's a front runner. He's a he'd, fake alpha. He'd walk up and tell one of them baby bird, and he'd like be knocked out immediately. <laughs> like grabbed by his ponytail and just hockey jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would way rather uh, wrestle with Eric Stoltz than a real logging man, for well, sure. who wouldn't? Uh, but that's the thing. Even with the plot, 
and this and that. It's straightforward. This movie delivers a fun group of characters with some good performance. And then once the snake comes, it gives you all the monster stuff. So when I watch this, I don't understand. This is one of those things when people rate movies. Okay, so a 4.7 is the average. That means some people give this movie a 1 or a 2. Are you just insinuating that this movie can't have any entertainment value to you because your tastes are so refined? Right. Or were you actually upset like they had so many opportunities to win me over with their art, but they <laughs> failed miserably? <laughs> yeah, you can't walk I, into I this movie thinking you're going to get more than actually you're going to get. This movie delivers exactly what it should be and then some. A movie like this, if they didn't have John Voight, sinks a lot for me. Oh, for John sure. Voight elevates this movie because that is one of the most fun performances to watch I've seen. John in my life. Voight's like John Voight is so distractingly weird in this movie. You have to like pay attention to it the entire thing. Otherwise, like like Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube are interesting enough. It like John Voight is so distracting. You're like you. You could take the Anaconda out of this movie. Oh yeah, and just make it about John Voight gaslighting this ship and i'd watch the whole thing absolutely john void you know it becomes kind of like a cape fear type of thing or whatever (laughs) it's insane yeah but that's that's what i mean that's one of those extra so if we're pulling apart the elements of the movie that work right right to me it works as a creature feature the cast is good the narrative's pretty tight it doesn't try to get out of its bounds it doesn't try to Start letting the actors emote all over the place it doesn't try to do more than it needs to it has this and john void taught john void is the He's the element that you drop into the cauldron that makes the whole thing pop. Right. Right? He's the catalyst of this movie. And I'm telling you, that is a sign that a creature feature is giving you more than you bargained for when you can take the creature all the way out and that movie would still be fun to watch. Right. Then it becomes a different movie. It's kind of a a psychological thriller, you know, a little whodunit kind of thing going on. Right. But that movie would still be fun to watch with that cast. What do you think John Voight passed on to do this movie? Because <laughs> that was my I mean, question it, while I was watching. I was like, what did John Voight decide not to do instead of this? Parent like, Angelina. <laughs> that same year, like, Men in Black came out. You think he was maybe up for the Tommy Lee Jones role? And he was like, nah, sorry, I got to go be a Paraguayan dude from uh I'll tell you this. I'm very glad he passed up everything. For yeah, this. me too. Because I think it's If bad. you go to his IMDb... And the known for, the very first thing listed is Anaconda. Is it really? It's Anaconda, then Midnight Cowboy, then Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Even ahead of Deliverance. <laughs> wow. Okay, so let's see. 1997, he's coming off Heat, Mission Impossible, Rosewood. Then he did Anaconda, then U-Turn, Most Wanted, The Rainmaker. Wow. So he made a lot of not great stuff right around this period. Yeah, he did a lot of just like straight up action. Enemy movies. of the State is the year after. The year after that is Varsity Blues. Oh, uh, okay. Nice. Um, so yeah, he's still a guy who can get good roles and he can pop up like uh, The Rainmaker is not a great movie. Right. But it had a big studio behind it. You know, is is the movie made for your dad and your uncle <laughs> who like taught legal dramas? Uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, I mean, he was still doing stuff. Yeah, he was still doing stuff when this movie came out. I mean, he's still... I mean, yeah, he was definitely going for it. It's just one of those things where you're like, what led you to this role? So fascinating. You know what I mean? Like, I look at Heat, Mission Impossible. Like, he's doing a lot. Like, he did two huge action movies. So maybe that's what it was. Like, he just decided he really wanted to lean into this sort of action thing he'd cultivated for himself in the last couple of years. And nailed it again. Because literally nothing could be more entertaining in that movie than John Voight as a guy from Paraguay. That's true. Uh, To me, it's one of those things, right? Like, this movie could have been so many other giant... I mean, sci-fi made a whole living off of this, right? Like, just animals murdering people, whatever. Uh, When you're lucky enough to happen into something like this John Voight character, which, you know... I'm sure some people will scoff at the fact that I say I was equally as good as Robin Williams in Good Will Hunting. That would be uh, wrong. But <laughs> scoff away, idiots. If you can go to the movie theater and see something as weird and entertaining as that, that's of an enormous value to me. Agreed. So, <laughs> like, you just rarely, outside of Nicolas Cage, see a performance this unusual. <laughs> like, Nicolas Cage as Paul Cerrone is maybe the only recasting I ever would have done. Because that would have been the best movie ever. Now I just want to see that. He definitely would have won the Oscar. I really want to see that movie now. 
Right. Imagine that movie if there's no snake and it's just uh, <laughs> reverse Con Air where Nick Cage has like tricked his way on the boat <laughs> and has taken these people out piece by piece. Oh, yeah. You I'm, know what I mean? I'm watching that movie for sure. Yeah. To go rescue a shipwreck Danny Trejo. Like he's the captain. I'm going to go rescue. That's what I mean. This movie couldn't go without the snake. And the snake stuff is really fun when it's added. Right. I think that's sort so, of... I don't understand what more you want from this movie. But I also think that's interesting, and that's sort of indicative of what maybe makes a great animal attack movie, is the people in it are much more compelling. Like The thought of being overtaken by Mother Nature is very pressing, but at the same time, the thought of being overtaken by mother nature in the form of another man is or another person in general is far more terrifying than anything anaconda could come up with i think right paul paul Cerrone is the scariest beast in the jungle we see in this movie totally um the thing that i the thing i originally kind of knocked this as one of our picks is that the snake is very disconnected from the actual journey of the movie right it's kind of just an extra add-on but then i i started pondering and this could just be me totally pulling it out of the ass but I like the idea of the tribe that isn't with us, but is still with nature more. Yeah. And they worship and serve nature and the snake being a protector God for them. Then it, then it directly is related, right? These intrusive people trying to expose them to the world and the snake is their guardian murder angel. I like a lot. I mean, I think that's even the fact that I can go there and have that fun little thought experiment is another added bonus of this movie to me. Yeah, no, it's exactly what it is. I think that's what makes it interesting, and that's what makes the mer- movie worth watching. Is not just because there's great kills, great action, John Voight. Like the movie itself is interesting because it's gonna make you because it's so simple. Like the through line is so simple, you are able to sort of like overthink it and see it in a different way. And that's what's really great about animal attack movies in general. I think is. Especially when they're ba- they're really basic revenge or they're basic, you know, humans invading an area they're not supposed to be. You can kind of extrapolate and ma- start making more than just uh, what's presented to you, the assumptions of what the story is. It's, 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 a, it's a worthwhile journey. It's a worthwhile thought, thought experiment. I will forever uh, be full of sadness that we did not get a Paul Saran spinoff series from this. Saran the series? Go back, recast Paul Saron as Nick Cage, and it's the origin of Paul Saron. <laughs> Tell me this. We learn in the movie that he was a preacher before this. I want the movie where Paul Saron decides, I'm no longer going to be the craziest preacher of all time. He's probably murdering cartel soldiers. <laughs> uh, where is his moment, his come to Jesus moment, as it were, with animals? I'm not going to right? be, so a, it's not going to be a, a young Paul anymore. Cerrone talking crazy, murdering people that are trying to take over a small village with his tiny one-room church, <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden he has a showdown with some fucking animal. Cerrone, to me, would be the movie that I wish Anaconda would have led us to. Rather, so, <laughs> I want to see that origin tale. Yeah, I'd like to see another Paul Cerrone movie. That's what I mean. The origin where he goes from preacher to badass animal poacher. I'm no longer a man of God. That's a flip I would watch. I want to see that. And, of course, you recast it with Nick Cage. I don't hunt for believers anymore. I hunt for animals. No. Or you still do it, John Voight, but you do that weird de-aging shit they're doing. Oh, yeah. Just the creepiest CG de-aging. So it's like old-ass John Voight. (laughs) (laughs) But he looks like Midnight Cowboy John Voight. Oh, dear God. Why no, I think Nicholas why Cage. they didn't tell us in the movie why Cerrone went away from being a man of God to become a poacher. It will always haunt me that I don't know the answer to this. I will waste more time in my life than any human should contemplating that. Missed opportunity. Till I die. Missed opportunity, for sure. Hmm. Oh God, I love this movie so much. It's absolutely. Do you think he saw the Anaconda as the God warrior and he's like, my God is a lie. Oh, dude, that's actually an interesting. Or is he the religious warrior? He's like, I have to murder that snake to I mean, keep the honor of my God. I think the former rather than the latter, because wouldn't that, if these people worship a snake God, maybe the Paul Saran sequel or the uh, prequel is him meeting the people who worship the snake God. And he's like, this is God now. And to be my own God, I have to kill God. Oh, so, shit, dude. Okay, so he's a preacher, right? right? 
he falls in love. He has an illicit love affair. He's like, no, the Catholic Church doesn't let me love women. Right. But he does anyways. He kills all the cartel soldiers. Ka, ka, ka. He's saving the village, right? He meets the people in the mist and is trying to be cool, right? Like a medicine man setup. So then he's trying to be cool. And then he's like, I'll escape to that village and me and my love will live together with you. And after he saved them, he goes in for an embrace. They slice his love's throat. Oh, and feed her ass to the anaconda. And as he tries to pull her from the maw of the beast, that's where he gets the face scar. And then he's like, that's it. I'm going to the nearest mall that has a knife store and cargo <laughs> pants. And I'm growing this fucking ponytail and it's on, baby. I'm coming back for you. Oh, dude. <laughs> if that's not Saran the prequel, I've never, I have never heard one. Hollywood, hit us up. We'll take a, a minuscule movie check just to make that magic happen. Very tiny, just to make a Saran <laughs> sequel starring Nicolas Cage, please. God, I want to. Yeah, I, I just got to say, as far as animal attack movies goes, I love this. I think it's so fun. I think it's a criminally underrated movie that gets lumped in with certain other animals attacking. Um, you rarely get something like John Voight in this movie uh, that is that entertaining to watch on screen. I so agree. go back, rewatch Anaconda, and let's get that IMDb up, guys. Yeah, pump that lumber, pump that number way up. I voted so. it. A 7 out of 10. And I'm a fairly stringent IMDb rater. <laughs> but I rated on my IMDb. This is now a 7 out of 10 to me. God bless. The rest of you. The only It would be a 10 if it had led to Cerrone. Everyone should be making sure that they are practicing their best John Voight, Paul Cerrone accent. It's all right, baby alchemist. It's all right, baby alchemist. <laughs> it has almost a Christopher Lambert thing that I like. <laughs> it's kind of so got that. That hushed brilliance. Yeah. They're like, ah. what? What are you looking for? A piece of ace? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Someday when we do Christopher Lambert, woo! Uh, yeah, guys, that's all we got. Uh, please, if you like the show, share it with some friends. If you could take some time to rate and review, we're a new show, so all the love we can get helps get us out there uh, to more people and faster. Um, but yeah, nothing as much as you guys just sharing it with your friends. I'm sure that all of you have people you go to the movies with. You all love movies, obviously, if you're sharing this time with us. Help us spread this around, guys. We'll appreciate it a lot. Um, Dandino, I'm glad to get this first Film Alchemist pod under our belt. Me too, man. This was fun. I love it. It was a fun Anaconda. riverboat ride. Oh. You can always be the Mateo to my Saran. Or better yet, you're the Owen Wilson. Yeah, let, let me be Owen Wilson, please. You're the Owen Wilson to my Paul Saran. Wow, all right, <laughs> cool. That's right. That's well, right. thanks very much, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time for Orca in the second of our four Animals Attack the Pod movies. You're definitely going to enjoy that one, and we got a lot to say about it. Woo! Uh, until then, we'll see you next time.